0: We are going to continue to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, and I would encourage you, um, once again, to continue to read this throughout the week. Uh, Pull it up in your Bible app, hit play as you're driving to work. It takes maybe 10 minutes, if that, to hear this. But this is something we want to chew on, to meditate on. This is something that we want to get into our, our heart and to have it be something we're focused on, and that's how you do it repetition, over and over, thinking about it, chewing on it. Uh, If you're like me, though, it comes to my mind lately, I've been trying to slow down my eating, and so I got an opportunity to have this little tiny steak this week, and I just tried to stretch it out as long as I could and enjoy every bite. Do that with Scripture. Savor it. Be fully present as you hear it and as you read it. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other and say, Lord, teach this. Let this get ingrained in my heart. Psalm 119.11 says, and I memorized it in King James, so I apologize. Thine word, right, have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And this in 2 Peter says, this is what's going to keep you effective. This is what's going to keep you fruitful. And keeping God's Word in our heart inscribed in there makes a difference. It's there when we need it. So let's take a look. Let's take a refresher at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This will be up on the screen. This will be the only one on the screen today. For everything else, I would encourage you to flip in your Bibles, to open your Bible apps, that sort of thing. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, let's look. It says, His divine power has granted to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, we have the power from God for everything that we need. It says this, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, holding on to the promises of God, standing like the hymn goes, standing on the promises of God, my King, resting in those things as He holds us. We get to partake of the divine nature. We get to interact, essentially, with God, having escaped, great word, right, from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. We've been able to get away from sinfulness and the mess that it causes. You've seen in your own lives how sin drags things down. Because of Jesus, we've been able to escape. For this reason, here we go. Make every effort to supplement your faith with these things. These are the habits. These are the attributes that we are seeking to have to be a part of our life. We need these things. It says this, Add these things, supplement your faith with this, with virtue. And virtue with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. And it goes on to say, for, this is the reason why we're spending some time, we're slowing down. We're taking literally one word each week for the next more five weeks or so because if these qualities are yours and are increasing, again, that means they're active. You know, I was loving at one time. Well, that's great. How are you right now? If they're yours and they're increasing, right, they're active, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful and the knowledge of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Because if we know Jesus, we, we really know the things that we need to know to truly live life, to truly, as our church's name is, to have real life, right? For whoever lacks these qualities, again, is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins, Nearsighted, again, meaning that all you can see is what? Up close. Who are you looking at? You're looking at you. You're not looking at Jesus. Nearsighted to the point of blindness, where you can't see anything but yourself, having forgotten that you were cleansed from your former sins. So let's look at these things. Go back to the first slide, if you would, for me, David. Just click on that. So supplement to your faith add these things, virtue, and we talked about that last week, virtue is this general sense of goodness, and, and it's, it's, ambigu, its ambiguity has a reason, it's that this is one of those things that says we don't need a specific list because we always find a way around the list, it's this attitude of general goodness, what do you think a believer should act like? There's a passage, several passages we shared last week that reminded us that says, if a person knows the good that they ought to do, again, very ambiguous, but they don't do it, and here's where it gets specific, for them, it is sin. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it's sin. It's this reminder that God has placed a conscience within us. Within everybody, even people that don't know Jesus have a conscience. They were created in the image of God, and they have this general sense of what is right and what is wrong. And they'll, of course, argue with that. If you ever want a good discussion on that, a good reading, read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. He goes into that. It's amazing how that is imprinted upon every person on the inside. They know instinctively. So that's this aspect of general goodness, this aspect of virtue. But here we get a little bit more specific. Okay, that's great, but you know what? It's really important for believers to have virtue and also have virtue with knowledge. How should I be good? How do I become like, uh, how do I be like Christ? Because he tells us to. Be holy, it says in 1 Peter, for I am holy. So there's a there's, an, there's a, an instruction out there to be like Christ, to be holy like the Lord. Because, again, when we experience holiness, we experience the Lord. When we walk in knowledge, when we walk in these, these ways, we experience, we partake of the divine nature. That's the good stuff. We get to partake of what it means to. To know God. So, general goodness, and then today we're going to talk about knowledge. This is something that's important. We have to continue to grow in our faith and our knowledge and our understanding of God and our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. It says, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, it will keep you from being ineffective. You know, we can't continue to live on what we did yesterday. We can't continue to, to live in what we did in the past. That's great. But growth is all about change. It's all about progress. It's all about going forward. And so you've learned some things, and you've had, all of us have had some times in our life where we really grew like crazy, right? We really were digging into Scripture. We really were, were learning some amazing things. But the question is, what's, your, what's the attitude of, of your life now with that? What have you learned lately? What are you growing in knowledge in? And this is, this is kind of a kind of day because, you know, it's one thing to know the stuff, right? It's another thing to put it into action. And we're not necessarily talking about that. I think it's obvious that the stuff we learn we're supposed to do. really shouldn't need to do sermons on that, right? But we do because we, we don't pay attention. But here's, here's the thing. We, we at least need to get the knowledge there, Okay. But what are you learning in? What are you growing in? What are you studying lately? Every year that it comes around in January, we always try to, to encourage you to read through the Bible in a year to, or to read through the New Testament in a year, to do something to continue to grow. Are you doing things like that? What Christian books are you reading? What, what studies are you involved in? What different kinds of things are you doing not necessarily as a church, that's great. We've got a small group study going on right now, which is cool. But on your own, too. What do you what are you taking back with you? What is that like? They say, even with, with leadership, and we are all part, as Scripture says, we are part of a priesthood, okay? You are all, according to the Bible, if you are a believer in Christ, priests, you're all ministers. Well, leaders need to be prepared, don't they? They say that a leader, I've heard this principle, I think it's found in Scripture as well, but just to give you a general truth, leaders are always learning. They're always growing. Leaders never stagnate. We always have to focus on the Lord and continue to grow. There's an amazing passage that I've heard before. and There's a lot to this I would love to spend time to dig in at one point, but Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, I'm just going to read this to you. He says, and he's, he's actually kind of, I think he's talking to, um, to one of the prophets in this passage, but essentially here's the principle. God says to him, He says, "My people are destroyed. They're going down the tubes. And this is a kind of a rough environment during this particular time in history, I believe, but he says, "My people are destroyed, and why are they destroyed?" You've probably heard this verse before. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, and to, to bring this home, you know, I don't know when the last time was that you were in a conversation with someone and someone said, well, why do you believe that? Could you reply with, a, with an intelligent answer? Well, I believe it because the Bible says, what does the Bible say? You know? I believe it. Uh, where is that? It's interesting how many things we think we know culturally and we find out, you know, we, 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 hear, we hear this, God helps those who help themselves. Where is that? Is that in Second Hezekiah chapter 35, verse 2a? It's not there. That's just a general culturism type thing. We always, it's just a phrase that we tell each other. But it's not in the Bible. That's not a quote from Scripture. It's an interesting principle, right? But my people, he says, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, they don't even know what I have to say. You know, and, and if you're a, a follower of Jesus, we should know. What does Jesus think about this? What does Jesus say about this? My people are destroyed for that na- lack of knowledge. They don't know. And it kind of reminds you, you know, that's typically what do what people do when they're trying to talk about a cause and you see it on TV, right? They try to get the knowledge out there, you know? And I just had TV, you know, do-do-do-do, the more you know, you know, like with those little little segments you see on TV and, you know, and by the way, I didn't know, but such and such causes heart disease and... And we got to get the word out about this and the word out about that. I didn't know that was bad. What's that? I didn't know. Have you ever had a moment like that? What do you know? My people, they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, what I really think a lot of times is it boils down to the environment of our heart. Are we, if your heart is at at a point that you're just in love with the Lord, you're on fire right now, you have a desire to learn more. You have a desire to grow. You have a desire to know. Let's look at a couple of verses in Proverbs that I I think are really cool. Proverbs chapter 1 verse verse 7 is a pretty neat passage there that kind of talks a little bit about the heart, I believe. And in one one seven, it says this. It says, the fear of the Lord. By the way, the fear is not a, like a Halloween kind of fear. It's an awe. It's a wow. It's an overwhelmed like holy crow. It's an awesomeness. The fear, it's a respect. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Nearsightedness, if you will, despises wisdom and instruction, right? And I have been very nearsighted at times. Just ask my wife, you know, I've I've come across as a prideful know-it-all. You ever been there? I, we probably all have. We don't want to admit it at times. But the <laughs> fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, One of the the aspects of of being someone that is willing to learn something is you have to be what? What's the word? Teachable. You've had those people before that just seem like they know everything. They can't be taught a thing. For God to, for us to be people that are, are growing in knowledge, we have to be teachable. This heart has to be malleable, has to be changed, has to be able to let things in, doesn't it? Has to let it in, and it begins with a fear of God and awesomeness in who He is, and that's a heart kind of thing. Are you are you overwhelmed? Are you in awe of who God is, or is it like, ah, been there, done that? Yeah. Are you excited to open this up? Are you excited to worship? Are you excited to be here this morning? You know, well, we're and we go through things. I'm not. That's not a. Pointing finger kind of thing. We have those moments, but we have to stay ablaze. You know, if you're trying to keep a fire going, you, you, you know, you blow on the coals, you add wood to the fire. The old wood is going to burn away. Doesn't mean it goes out, but coals, they're not enough. There needs to be a flame. And I always remind myself of, I'm reminded of that passage where Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, fan into flame. Fan into flame, right? The gift of God that's been given to you. We are all called. We see that in Scripture. And so it might be that you're just kind of the embers are there, but, you know, we need that, that flame to be alive and active. So the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's look at another one. This is a great passage. Um, Proverbs 18, let's turn there. Talking about the heart when it comes to gathering knowledge. Proverbs 18, 15. It says this, it says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge. An intelligent heart. It's talking about the heart. And It says, And the ear of the wise seeks knowledge, something we want to go after, an intelligent heart. We want to get more knowledge. We want to continue to grow. But let's take a look even more at the attitude that we're referring to here that's needed. I'm going to flip back again in Proverbs. I got you all over the place. In Proverbs chapter 2, this is really cool. In the beginning of Proverbs, it talks about where wisdom comes from. And of course, wisdom comes from the Lord. It is God. And if you read through Through Proverbs, you see that wisdom and and instruction was there even before the the world came together, okay? But this is cool. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Let's look at that. How important is this? What is the value of this? It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear, here's a key word, attentive, to wisdom. And inclining your ear to understanding. I don't know what you see in your mind when you see that, but inclining your ear. I always was told when I was going into school, if there was a class that was difficult, especially, it was always best to sit on the front row, right? You couldn't hide from it. You had to be focused, right? Are you a front row sitter? To the point, too, that you're like, you know, oh, this is really interesting. And you just kind of lean into it. Incline. Your ear. Sit on the front row, okay? Inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, he says, if you call out for insight. I want to know, right? Show me something here, God. If you raise your voice for understanding. And I love this part right here. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures i always think of the gold rush you know that you heard about in school people just going out in droves out west and just spending every last dime they could to to dig and to dig and to dig and to dig to see if they could strike gold and they would go through with pans and shake out the dirt just they were intent they wanted to find some gold they wanted to strike it rich Do you want to strike it rich when it comes to understanding God, to knowing God, to growing and understanding? Seek it, he says, like silver. Search for it as for hidden treasures. And look at what he says here. Then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And what do you find? You will find the knowledge of God. You know God doesn't just he doesn't just lay out a buffet. You know, and you just go and pick up things willy-nilly. There's another proverb in here that says it's it's uh the glory for of kings to seek things out. When you read about Solomon, the guy who wrote this, he was you know, God just poured all kinds of wisdom and knowledge into this guy, so much so that people came from all over the place to seek it out and to, just to hang out with Solomon and to hear from his, from his wisdom. God loves the adventure. We like adventure. If it's just too easy, it's no fun. Isn't that the case? You know, all you you gamers out there, you know, if it's just, you know, if it's too easy, it's not fun. You want a good quest. You want a good journey. You want to seek for that holy grail, you know. You know the background of that story. It's fun. But here's the thing. God says, I want you to seek after me that way. I am an adventure. I am someone who's worthy to be found. I'm not hiding myself from you, but I am not just going to reveal all kinds of things to those that don't really care, to those whose hearts are not really there, to those who aren't willing to get out a shovel, to get out a pan, and to really seek. But if you do, if you seek me, you'll find me. You want answers, You'll find them. you want wisdom, you'll find it. You know, what do I do in this situation? Do we just go, oh, well. Or do we go to him? Lord, I am, I am intent to know. I need an answer. I need to know, what do, you, what do you think about this? What should I do about this? What does your word mean when it says this? How much do you really want to know? It's an interesting principle, I think, that finds its way through life, too. You know, they, they say the student gets what they put into it, don't they? Uh, I think about you, Ellie, you know, studying and studying and studying for all this medical stuff. I believe that the best doctors have got to be the ones that have just loved the stuff and have dug into every textbook they can find. God wants to show us amazing things. but He's looking for teachable people. He's looking for hearts that are soft. It's key that we add to our faith virtue and that we add to virtue knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge of the Lord. Let's look at a final passage this morning. We're going to go to the New Testament now, take a look at Matthew, be flipping that direction. I'm going to take a look at Matthew chapter 7. I just think this, is, this aspect of things is obvious, but it's good to be reminded of this. Because the Lord says, if you, if you have these virtues, that you will be effective. You will be productive. You will be a Christian that's growing. Things are happening in your life. But Jesus says this too. One of the things, a principle I would encourage you to understand is that Scripture interprets Scripture. Hold on to that. I really, it's really helped me. It's not original with me. Scripture interprets Scripture. There are sometimes where we read one Scripture and we're like, Lord, I have no clue what this means. Or this doesn't seem to make sense with other things that you've said. And people often get tripped up over that sometimes. But you have to understand sometimes that, that, that there's other parts of Scripture that shed light on other parts that might seem a little hard to understand. I would say for a great example of that is, is Revelation. The book of Revelation shares a lot of amazing things that we were just like feel like we're clueless about. But if we really knew Daniel, for example, the second half of Daniel, we would have a greater understanding of what it says in Revelation. If we understand what happens in the beginning in, in Genesis and, and what takes place with the story of God, we have a greater understanding. It's too many times where we look at one little piece, but we don't have the knowledge of the rest of Scripture that we get way off base. So, here's a, a passage that will help interpret as well what we've been reading in Matthew chapter 7. I don't know why I'm looking back there. It's, in, it's right in front of me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus has been teaching, and he says this. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, he will be like a wise man. We've been talking, we've been looking at the book of wisdom in Proverbs, haven't we? He'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came because they will. They certainly will. And the winds blew and beat on that house what happens but it did not fall you say that with me it did not fall if these attributes are yours and they are increasing they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our savior all right it did not Fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And he says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. So we've heard this this parable before. We've heard this teaching before. It's, It's simple. The things that we learn, the words of God that we learn when they are acted upon, when they are put in practice, they build a solid foundation. They will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful. They will protect you when the storm comes, because it will. But when we go through life and we don't learn and we don't grow and we don't bother to put it into practice, destruction follows. As believers, to be fruitful and productive, you need to be virtuous, to go back to our list, You need to be virtuous, and you need to be growing in knowledge. But that growth in knowledge is always applied, and we'll see that later as we go through. It's always applied. This morning, I just want you to consider what is the environment, and we talk about this a lot, what's the environment of your heart today? Where are you? Are you at a growth point? Are you hungry to learn? Are you hungry to grow? And sometimes we we, we don't get to that place. And if, if you find yourself there, ask the Lord to fan it into flame, as we mentioned earlier. Fan it into flame. Lord, ignite these coals. You know, find a new adventure with the Lord. Find a, find a topic that just blows your mind. You know, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times people come to me, over the years, like, let's talk about Revelation. You know, and well fine, great. Y'all dig into Revelation. You know, if there's a topic, you know, sometimes we, we think we have to learn this stuff first, which is great. There's things that we are foundational we need to learn, but maybe there's something that really sparks you. That kind of allows that desire to grow in other areas to come to. I'm just saying don't don't put the restrictions on it. Grow. Seek the knowledge of the Lord. It's amazing. And even if even if you've read through this, this is what's amazing about Scripture to me. You've read through this Bible, I don't know how many times. Every time you find something new, there are things in here that just continue to blow my mind. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. God is so good. He's so big. Eric, if you would come up with that, we're going to take communion As we know, the Lord's encouraged us and and said, you know what? Don't forget me. Don't forget who I am. Remember the passage we looked at. If these qualities aren't yours, you're nearsighted. You're blind, and you've forgotten a very key thing, haven't you? You've forgotten what this stands for. You've forgotten that you've been cleansed from your sins. Because when you remember that, it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to be thankful. It's, it's a time to be reminded of what you used to be like, but but see who you are now. Let's not be nearsighted. And let's remember the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we look forward to taking communion and to be reminded, Lord, of what you've done for us on the cross. and That you rose again on the third day. Lord, as we prepare, Lord, as we hold the bread in our hands and the juice in our hands, Lord, take us to that place, take us to the cross, remind us, Lord, this morning of the goodness of you and and the sacrifice that that you gave, Lord, to be with us, to bring us to you. To cleanse us from sins, to give us new life. Lord be with this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Eric, if you would hand that out, brother. Just hold on to that and we'll take that together.